and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Uh, joining us today is Tracy Stockrath, President and Founder of Thrive Meetings. Thanks for joining us, Tracy. Thanks for having me, Tyler. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God, we've worked together for so long and and you've really established uh, through your experience and expertise, you're standing as the foremost uh, food allergies expert, I would say, in the, the meetings F&B world. Um, and uh, but now since all you know, the COVID-19 has started, I'm not sure if that is top of mind with people. There are a lot of other issues such as uh, sanitary needs um, and social distancing. Um, so, you know, why don't you kind of tackle that? You know, why are food allergies still important? And what are you seeing in this new environment right now? Yeah, it, food allergies are always going to be important and actually dietary needs in general. So, and when I typically talk about dietary needs, I do break it up into four categories of food allergies, religious-based practices, lifestyle preferences and choices, as well as other medical needs. And even if your food, no matter when we're going to serve food, these are still very, very important to consider because you're providing a meal to someone who could potentially die if you serve them something they can't eat. So even when we're doing limited service or we're, you know, hotels and convention centers are minimizing their menu options, they still need to consider this because it is life and death. And COVID has not been proven to be passed through food and beverage. And so we need to we need to take the precautions that we need to do on social distancing and serving and things like that, but we also must still consider food allergies and hidden ingredients. And and I, I would say uh, you know the incubation period is is not any two uh, ten days or two weeks. It, someone could uh, depending on their food allergy, they could get very seriously ill almost immediately and and have very almost catastrophic health problems right right uh, there where they're serving the food, right? You are so right. I mean, an allergic reaction can happen within two minutes to two hours of ingesting a food. And some people, you know, also have reactions when they breathe in the protein of a food or they touch the food. So if you and I were at a reception and I was allergic to peanuts and you just ate peanuts out of the jar, you know, that were served at that buffet then I could potentially have an allergic reaction. So it depends definitely on each individual's person, but it, it, it could be fatal within two minutes. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and let's, let's really get back to all of that um, because uh, you know, I'm sure you'll join me in, and just uh, really emphasizing to meeting planners, don't forget about food allergies in this uh, post shutdown environment uh, while you're thinking about uh, social distancing, um, what the uh, food service is going to look like. But you know, you are an expert on all things uh, meetings and events F and B. So, what are some of your thoughts on the uh, post-COVID environment? What you're seeing out there, um, and options for planners? Yeah, it is definitely changing. Adding some more things to our plate, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> as we plan event food and beverage. And 
we're talking about social distancing. A lot of questions that I get are, how are we going to do receptions? How are buffets gone forever? One chef is like, donut walls are gone. We're not bringing them back. And so some people are going to be really upset about that. But Homer Simpson would be very upset with that. He would be very upset about that. But I think we need to think about, you know, when we're looking at our room designs and, you know, how do we put all the people in the same room at one time? Can we do that? So I, I like to compare it to, you know, school lunch programs, right? You know, Tyler's class goes at 1130 and Tracy's class goes at 1145 and, you know, Michelle's class goes at noon. And so you do those rotations. So that's a way to contemplate, you know, staggering people in for dif- different lunch times or lunch periods, basically. And, but if you're going to, buffets, I think are definitely going to go away for a while and when they do come back, it will be served by an attendant. So think mm-hmm. no more double-sided buffets, which help us get through our lines much faster. We always hate standing in a single line, but can we do, it will be a single line for a while and your servers are going to be gloved and masked and, you know, in person and personal protection, protective equipment. I think you also might have to spread the buffet out. You know, typically our buffets, the chafing dishes are right next to each other, one after the other. And I think we're going to have to put some social distancing between those chafing dishes and to spread people out as they go through that buffet, if they do. But I think for the time being, it's going to be boxed or bag lunches. Somebody showed a really cool bento box idea Mm -hmm. on Instagram. And I also think... You know, if we do have some sort of buffet, action stations are going to be with a, you know, the plexiglass, you know, shield in between the attendee and the server, potentially. It it almost seems like the easiest solution. And I even, you know, we've done stories with Wolfgang Puck Catering, and they, too, talk about uh, boxed meals. Mm-hmm. And in that case, an attendee can pick up the box and go out on the on the lawn and properly socially uh, distance. That seems like just the, really just the simplest, easy answer right now. I think it is. And but you have to for that for that scenario, you also have to look at the space that you have. So do you have outdoor space to go is, you know, right now in North Carolina, it's a hundred degrees outside. You really don't mm. want to go put people outside, you know, in a hundred degree temperatures. And, you know, as we get into the fall, when meetings are going to look like they're starting to come back, you know, that's going to start to get chilly temperatures again. And so you really can't send people outside, but looking at the different, you know, space, opportunities that you have don't look at missed constraints but what how can you get flexible with your space and properties are going to have to look at this stuff differently one property said you know look at that meeting space that you never you know that one room that you hate to sell you know liven it up bring it to use right that's something that you can do the other option too when you're doing plated is you can serve them with the plate covers you know think about when you bring in food from when you're in room service, right? It comes with that silver plate cover Mm -hmm. and you do plated meals with those plate covers. And I'm looking at a couple of really good looking into ideas on how to get sponsorships and things with this food and beverage, get fun with it and make it not so sterile. 
Yeah, there uh, really is a demand to uh, liven it up because, you know, food and beverage presentations are such a huge part of the industry. And it's really that's how you really uh, make an impression. I don't I don't know what the statistics say, but I know from personal experience, if the uh, if the food is blah at an event, uh, that's like the thing the attendees remember the most about the event. Yeah, they do. I mean, oh, that was so good. Did you have that? And oh, no, my God, that was horrible. I would never take an event back there. And so we as planners have to partner with our food and beverage providers to really create tasty food that meets everybody's needs, as well as make it delicious on the eyes when you're serving it. And creative and appealing visually, too, I'm sure. Definitely. And that gives, you know, to me, that's a great opportunity for all of those event designers out there that, you know, do and catering companies that do that, you know, for a living when we're not inside a hotel. So how can you get really creative with the displays that you're doing that add punch and color and fun to it? Right. And then I know uh, we mentioned earlier, too, that I am noticing um, a lot of venues and caterers really emphasizing outdoor F&B events, uh, which, of course, is you know necessitated by a, a meeting in a nice weather area. But I know that, um, you know, we just got some information from uh, Salamander Hotels and Resorts kind of launching a whole um, initiative around that concept. So I'm guessing that's that's going to be a big seller, so to speak. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And, and it actually helps a lot because with meetings, we're always sitting inside a hotel room and typically with four walls and no windows. And so getting people outside for lunch is a great opportunity because um, Mark Cooper introduced me to this term. It's- uh, From IACC, right? From IACC, yes from IAC, forest forest bathing. And it's a term that came up from China or from Japan. And you basically go into the forest or into the woods or nature, basically, without your technology and just bathe in that, the glory of that. And, Hmm. you know, taking events outside and allowing people to get that fresh air, it's going to help them be more attentive it's going to help them, you know, reinvigorate re- vigor- re- vig- their brains, whatever that word. <laughs> reinvigorate. I got that is that is a tongue twister. Oh my gosh! Um, and I think it'll really add an, an extra element to your event. But with that being said, we have to have backup scenarios. You know, night. Whenever you have an outdoor event, you also have to have your contingency plan. So like here in North Carolina, it was an absolutely gorgeous day yesterday. And at three o'clock, the skies just broke out. Mm. It was a torrential downpour for a good hour. And if that's during the middle of your lunch hour, what are you going to do? So yeah, you're going to run for cover, I guess. Right. (laughs) Uh, Good to to have a plan B. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I I promised earlier that we are not going to give short shrift to uh, food allergies um, and preferences. So um, you know, why don't you give our listeners some really top line things they need to think about in relation to that and also uh, where they can find more out more about what you do in your company to get more resources? Uh, thanks, Tyler. Um, as a culinary concierge, I, you know, I help planners 
look through their menus and design their menus so they meet multiple dietary needs. And this is really, really important when you think about what we're doing, because one of the biggest complaints I hear from planners is that how do I accommodate all these needs within one budget, right? And it can be very daunting. My client in January, we had 600 attendees with 200 of them with dietary requests. And, you know, working with the convention center that we had and working within those dietary needs parameters, I was, we were able to design a buffet that we only had to present 35 personalized plates. Mm-hmm. And everyone else was able to walk through the buffet, including the 100 vegans and vegetarians. And so we, you know, and it's funny, the, the chef was like, well, if we put that, the vegan stuff on the buffet, then everybody will eat it. And I'm like, well, that's kind of the point. <laughs> everybody can eat vegan food unless it's, you know, it's got an allergen in it that they can't consume. So yeah. looking at it in that perspective, but I think, you know, food allergies is, the top eight allergens are wheat, soy, milk, egg, tree nuts, peanuts, fish, and shellfish. And, you know, majority of those are in a lot of the foods that we serve, you know, for breakfast and lunch and, and for all of our meals. And so when we look at catering buffets, you typically are catering menus, you typically don't see those labeled. So my first tip is that you need to be asking your dietary need, you know, how, what hotel, ugh, let me get this out. What the hotels have done in the past that meet multiple needs. Mm-hmm. Chef Murray in Toronto, you know, we were, we've been talking since COVID and he is designing his menus free of gluten and free of dairy from the get go now. So uh-huh. that you can actually just add those in if somebody wants them or, and he, So it's easier for him then to design a menu for a lot more people with that in mind up front. So looking at those things up front, but you also need to know the dietary needs of your attendees. And that means asking the right questions. And that means, you know, do you have a food allergy that is life-threatening and do you have other dietary needs that we must consider? And all chefs are going to consider, I say all chefs, a majority of chefs are going to consider any dietary need an absolute necessity because they don't want to cross contaminate. They don't want to infect, you know, make anyone ill, but we need to collect the information so that you who does have an anaphylactic reaction to shellfish or peanuts or garlic or something like that gets a personalized plate. You know, we may not be able to eliminate garlic from every single meal function. So we're going to give Tyler a personalized plate and, but, and you have to communicate that information up way up front so that then the meals can be designed. Excellent. And then I would assume a big part of this too is uh, of course, in the outreach to attendees before they even uh, arrive, just to make sure that everyone uh, states any um, allergies or preferences they yeah. may have. Definitely ask in advance when they're registering. You know, mm-hmm. one of the slides that I, and one of the issues, not issues, but one of the things that I talk about is that events, food safety, food allergies comes under food safety as well as COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody has a responsibility in that. And that is an attendee has the responsibility to communicate their needs in advance. The meeting planner has the responsibility of communicating to the attendees, this is our food and beverage 
this is how we're going to handle food and beverage. This is mm-hmm. designed for you. And, but then it goes to, she also, he or she, the meeting planner needs to talk to the hotel going, what are your capabilities? How can we do this? And then everyone in the hotel from the CSM to the sales manager, to the chef and the line cooks, the banquet captains and the servers need to understand their role in providing a safe experience. And, and that goes all the way to the server who is hotel yours. If you're listening to me or listening to Tyler and I, is that they're your front facing person to your, to that diner, to that. And if they don't understand what you're serving or what they're serving to your customers, it's that doesn't bode well for a good impression on your attendees about your property. Great. So understanding that getting training them is important. Well, great. Well, thanks for joining us, Tracy. Where, where can people find out more about thrive meetings? Yeah, my website is thrivemeetings.com and you can find information on on the services I provide, including culinary concierge and food audits. And I also have um, on Instagram, I'm T Stuckrath. So T and then S-T-U-C-K-R-A-T-H. That's Instagram and Twitter. And I actually, Tyler, in the last month because of COVID, I am putting together a podcast or I've launched a podcast called eating at a meeting. Ah, and catchy. yeah. And I have also with that podcast, I have created a Facebook group so people can go to that Facebook group eating at a meeting. And we'll be talking about everything about food and beverage from farmers all the way to the convention centers and hotels. And you, you're a, you are a media powerhouse now, Tracy. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, Tyler. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. And that was uh, Tracy Stuckraff with Thrive Meetings. Um, make sure to check out her uh, food and beverage tips and uh, all sorts of resources. Uh, I personally can vouch for them. She is one of the highlights, uh, one of the leading lights in the meetings industry. Um Thanks for joining us, and thanks for listening to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director. Head on over to meetingstoday.com and check out our podcast section for a myriad other podcasts with meetings and events industry thought leaders. So um, have a great rest of the day wherever you are. And um, I know if you're like me, everyone is itching to uh, get in the same room with each other and have face-to-face meetings again. So. Until then, have a good evening. Bye.